The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Tina Lehman. Top 8 Changes Coming to Nutrition Labels After years of committees, debates, panels, consensus-building retreats, and literature reviews, the FDA has finalized the new nutrition label guidelines. Packaged food companies have two years to incorporate the new labels. At that point, anything in a package that humans eat must have labels that reflect these changes. You're probably skeptical. I was. The FDA doesn't have the strongest track record. But before we condemn the new labels sight unseen, let's take a look at what's actually changing and what the implications are. Number one, added sugars. Carbohydrates will now contain a subsection for added sugars, which includes all sugars that do not naturally occur in the food. Adding added sugars is a great move. Natural sugars are different than added sugars because they come packaged with nutritional elements that mitigate their damage. A blueberry contains glucose and fructose, yes, but also anthocyanins, fiber, and other micronutrients. It used to be that you'd have to guess where the sugar was coming from in a packaged food. You'd have to see where an added sugar source lay in the ingredients list and estimate its degree of contribution to the total. With the new label, you get actual numbers. No guessing. Number two, revised serving sizes. Serving sizes will reflect what people typically consume in a sitting. Using realistic serving sizes is a no-brainer, and I welcome it. Nobody drinks just half a bottle of Coke or scoops a neat half cup of salted caramel ice cream from the pint. The labels should reflect how people actually eat. Number three, added micronutrients. The food's vitamin D and potassium contents are required to be displayed. I also like the inclusion of vitamin D and potassium. They're both important nutrients that most people are deficient in. Of course, I'd like to have seen magnesium added, or heck, all the relevant micronutrients like manganese, zinc, chromium, choline, vitamin K2, especially iodine, about which I can never seem to get accurate data. But this is better than nothing. Number four, removed micronutrients. Vitamin C and vitamin A are no longer required to be displayed. If label space was a premium and it came down to potassium and vitamin D versus vitamin C and vitamin A, I'm happy the former pair won out. Otherwise, I would have included both. Vitamin C and vitamin A are important vitamins that people assume they're getting enough of. Number five, actual quantities of micronutrients listed. Instead of only listing the vitamin or mineral content of a food as a percentage of the daily value, the new labels will also list the absolute amounts of those ingredients in milligrams or micrograms. Getting absolute amounts of the micronutrients is huge. Not everyone eats the 2,000-calorie diet the daily values are based on, reducing the utility of the percent of daily value. But 400 milligrams of potassium applies to everyone equally. Number six, daily values updated. The daily values for fiber, sodium, and vitamin D have been updated to reflect new scientific consensus. Whereas 4 grams of fiber used to comprise 16% of your daily value, it's now 14%. Sodium daily value was previously based on a 2,400 milligram daily limit. Now it's 2,300 milligrams. Scientific consensus can be iffy, but some of these changes appear for the better. 
sodium limits have been tightened, unfortunate given the mixed evidence for salt restriction. Fiber recommendations increased, good given what we know about the microbiome, and vitamin D recommendations increased, good because most people could use more. Number seven, increased prominence of calories and servings per container. Calories per serving is front and center with a larger font and more bolding. Servings per container has a similarly elevated emphasis. Calories are probably overemphasized. Everyone knows how important calories are for weight loss. Further accentuation on the label may lead folks to ignore everything but them when making choices. That said, using realistic serving sizes does increase the utility of calories per serving. Servings per container deserves the extra emphasis. It's the reference point from which everything else on the label proceeds. And number eight, calories from fat removed. The new label no longer lists the amount of calories derived from fat. Yes, since fat is more calorically dense than other macronutrients and most people assume calories are the most important aspect of a food's healthfulness, using calories to represent fat's contribution paints fat as the bad guy. Eliminating the calories from fat encourages consumers to evaluate the food on its merits. You know what? I'm really impressed. These are actually positive changes. But what would I add had I supreme power? First, ORAC, oxygen radical absorbance capacity, the antioxidant activity of a food. Higher is generally better and indicates the presence of polyphenols. Added micronutrients. I'd include magnesium, manganese, iodine, chromium, choline, betaine, all of the B vitamins, vitamin K2, all the good stuff we talk about. Added clarity. I'd specify which forms of vitamin A, beta-carotene, retinol, etc., omega-3, ALA, DHA, EPA, etc., fiber, soluble, insoluble, fermentable, etc. I'd distinguish between synthetic and natural forms of the nutrients. Sugar represented by teaspoons. In addition to using grams, using teaspoons would provide a strong visual for consumers. But that's in a perfect world. Being a producer of foods that require a label myself, I know how onerous and expensive it can be to expand the standard label to include more information. Maybe in 10 to 15 years, we'll have living labels with touchscreens and augmented reality capabilities. Touch minerals or vitamins and the full breakdown pops up. Touch where I'm from and get a video showing the production process. That'll be very cool. Hardened primal veterans won't see their lives or behavior change much directly from the new labels. But you're not the main audience. What I foresee happening is the general population realizing they've been eating terribly. How much sugar is in this low-fat yogurt? We're already trending in that direction. These label changes indicate the broader shift. When people realize that no, a third of a bottle of Coke isn't the true serving size. And yes, they have been regularly consuming 65 grams of added sugar when they pop the 20-ounce Coke at lunch. They'll realize that the way most people eat is insane. And maybe that guy in the office who eats his steak and greens lunch out in the sun and takes frequent walking breaks and lobbied to get standing workstations for everyone isn't so crazy after all. All in all, I don't see any big drawbacks here. It's mostly a positive shift. Scoff all you want. Realize that you folks who know the magnesium content of each spinach varietal by heart can rattle off the specific non-curcumin phytonutrients present in turmeric, 
and are able to place a single droplet of liquid on your tongue and divine sugar content by weight with perfect accuracy are in the minority. Most people can use the information provided on the new labels. Most people will see their food choices improve. That's a good thing. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.